0: Greetings, East Wind. Wow, wonderful opportunity to be with you today. Wish I could be with you in person. Crazy time here in Pensacola with the hurricane, so I'm coming to you from my house. A lot of places don't have power. But thankful to be with you today in the presence of the Lord. Give honor to Pastor Myers and Bishop Myers. Love you very much. Appreciate your vision for the kingdom of God. You have your Bibles today. We're going to go to two places. I've never preached this before. The Lord has been working on me the last couple days, and I want to give you a word from the Lord that he has given me. And uh, if it's not for you, maybe it's just for me. But I feel it's a word for for your church and for for people uh, individually as well as corporately. Let's go to the book of John chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. John chapter 12, verses 23 through 27, and 1 Corinthians 15, verses 35 to 38. If You see me looking down from time to time at my notes because I just got finished writing this one out, and I felt strongly in the Holy Ghost to release it to you, and it's an honor to be with you today. John chapter 12, verse 23, and Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come. The Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone, but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am there shall also my servant be, if any man serve me, him will my father honour. How is is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. He later on was to say, Father, glorify thy name. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 to 38. Some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, thou that which thou sowest, is not quickened, except it die. That which thou sowest, thou sowest not a body that shall be, but bear grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it pleased him, and to every seed his own body. So Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground, and die by the loan, and Paul saying... that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And I want to preach to you this morning from the subject, except it die. Accept it die. Lord Jesus, have your way, I pray, at Eastwind, in every home, every situation, every battle, every dilemma. God, speak through me today, I pray, by the authority of your word and the power of your name. In Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. Uh, it seems to me that a lot of Christians, especially a lot of people in the ministry, are on this search for the favor of God, on this search for the for the favor of the Lord. In fact, it seems like it's the plight of most Christians to be uh, to try to find the open door, to try to find how things can get better. If I'm really doing God's will, I should have a lot of favor in my life. Where is my destiny? Where are the connections? What does God have for me? What are the big dreams and the big plans? And every preacher that's preached for very long at all loves to preach about dreams. I know I do, and I'm sure you do, if you've preached very much, but I know that sometimes we get caught into a trap thinking that this great season of favor is what the Lord wants us to continually walk in all the time. and There should never be any trials. There should never be any battles. There should never be any suffering. And uh, sometimes we have that mindset. The problem is God has a different mindset. God's not trying to give us uh, and connect us to this continual favor. God is trying to get us into a dimension where we are living and walking in a place where our flesh is gradually becoming Spirit. If that makes any sense, the spirit of God is trying to get us into a place where, where he is taking us from the fleshly realm into heaven, where we will be spiritual bodies. And so well, sometimes our vision is, is on the moment. It's, it's very tunneled. It's, I've got to have this. I've got to become this and I've got to do this for God. When God's vision for us is, I want you to make it here to be with me and you will go from flesh to spirit. So as we are trying to get this favor, God is trying to get us to heaven and, and the Lord sometimes has to use certain things. To do it, he has to to plant us, or bury us, or cause our flesh to gradually die, so that the spirit of God can live in us. We call these seasons wildernesses, valleys, deserts. We call these seasons where God begins to kill things in us. Uh, these terrible moments. I remember when Moses tried to do it all on his own. He tried to deliver Israel by himself. And he thought everyone loved love him. He was looking for the connections of people's favor. And God said, oh, I see it. You've got it in you, but you're going to have to go to a wilderness for that kind of Moses to die and the new Moses to live. You see, right now you think you need you and no one else. But when I'm through with you after 40 years in the wilderness of you dying out to yourself, you're going to realize how much you need everybody else around you. And you're going to realize that God is the only way to make it happen. So he sends you to a wilderness sometimes for these motives, Let me say this, that when we are in the wilderness, a lot of times, we pray the wrong things. We start praying like, God, when's this going to end? And and, and what's the purpose of this? And where's the open door? And are you there? And do you hear me? It's awful silent. It's awful dark. It's awful quiet. God, where are you? And the problem is, when we're thinking like that, we've missed the point of the wilderness. The wilderness is not to connect us to some kind of mentality. The wilderness is sent to kill something in our flesh. Wildernesses are not known for life. They're known for death. They're not known for flowers and roses. They're known for things dying. And so if you are in a wilderness right now, stop asking God for the exit sign and start asking God, will you kill in me what is not going to be able to live in heaven? Something I'm going through is causing something to die inside of me. Let me just say this, that in the spirit world, it has to die if it's going to live. You see what Paul was explaining to the people and what Jesus was explaining is that except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone and if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Paul said, he was trying to explain to the people about uh, going from earth to heaven and your celestial bodies, how it's going to be different in heaven than you are on earth and he's trying to use that analogy of the seed. In other words, the seed can only go so far as long It's a seed. Sooner or later, the seed has to be buried. The seed has to die. And if the seed dies, something beautiful that God planned for the seed, something only God can imagine, comes out of the ground. So when you die and go to heaven, your celestial body will be different than your temporal body that you now live in on the earth. Are you with me right now? In other words, there's got to be a death process. In other words, you are right now in your human body in seed form. Form. You're still in the seed form. And when you die, when you go to heaven, you will be in your heavenly form. In other words, what you're doing right now and how you're trying to connect all the dots and become what you're trying to become will only go so far until the seed dies. Your dreams have to die. Your control has to die. Your will has to die. Your plans, shut up, have to die. Sooner or later, there has to come a time where you put the corn in the ground and you say, a seed is doing nothing for me. It needs to die. Can I preach to someone right now? that until it dies, nothing changes. The caterpillar is always going to be the caterpillar until it steps into the cocoon. And then once it becomes the cocoon, inside the cocoon, the butterfly emerges from the cocoon. Why? Because some things only happen when you're willing to lose the identity of what you are now to become what God has going to make you to be. Stop fighting the process. He cut shut Stop trying to make it happen your way. Stop trying to select the soil that you're going to die in. Some people are trying to select the soil. They're trying to say, okay, I'm going to die, but it's going to be in front of these people. I'm going to let go of my dreams in front of these people. I want them to see me humble. I want them to see me as a servant of God. And the truth is you're not trying to die. You're acting. You're not dying. You're trying to connect yourself to favor still. He shut you're trying to get attention for the way you're doing, it, and it's not going to work. I'm going to give you an example. Joseph, despite all All the dreaming that he did and all the suffering that he went through from being stripped and sold and seduced and sentenced and all these terrible things that happened to Joseph. Eleven years after all this is done, he's in the prison and the butler comes down and the baker comes down. You think Joseph has suffered enough? He's sitting there in the prison. He's gone through so much betrayal. He's gone through lying. He's gone through all kind of hell. It was unnecessary and yet when the butler has the dream and the baker has the dream and Joseph interprets the dreams and the butler's about to go back to the palace to live with Pharaoh Joseph says hey don't forget me remember me when you get out there in other words he up. Joseph is still trying to hook himself up with favor he's still trying to connect himself to his destiny and the problem is Pharaoh hasn't had his dream yet so if you did get out Joseph the only destiny you would have would be to go back to your Family, that's not what you were destined to do. Stop trying to relapse when you were destined to reign. Somebody ought to hear me right now in the name of Jesus. Joseph said, I want it, but I want it now. And God said, You're not ready. You're obviously not ready because you're still trying to get it done your way. You're still looking for the ladder when I'm looking in the dirt. Hmm. And I tell you right now that we've got a lot of people, a lot of preachers that are constantly trying to climb the ladder and get connected in the right places so that they'll get the right type of attention and they're actually searching for fame and they're searching for notoriety and they're searching for the right person to see them at the right time but Jesus is not looking at the ladder he's looking in the dirt he's constantly looking to resurrect something can I ask you a question right now if Jesus came looking for you in your ministry and your walk with God would he find you on a ladder or would he find you in the dirt would he find you trying to be somebody and be someone or he tried when he finds you trying to die in the process of his plan something powerful but understanding I can't make it happen on my own but I'm going to do something for God. Joseph said I want to make it happen on my own and God said you're not ready. I'm not going to share my glory with anybody but if I put you through two more years of hell you'll be so numb from the story that you won't want to take any of the glory. Can I talk to you right now? I said you'll be so numb from the story that you won't try to take the glory from God and if you're going through an an extra period of time of suffering. It, it, it must be something. There might be something in you that still wants to take the glory. And so God is numbing you, he kosha, through the wilderness and numbing you through the pain and numbing you through the trial because he's trying to kill that in you so that the story can release his glory and you won't want to steal anything from it. I want to tell you, kings discover dreamers in dungeons, not in palaces. And so sometimes Joseph, God has to bury you in a process until it's time to bring you forth. You're useless to God until you die. Can I preach it to you? Until the fleshly motives die, you're useless. Until you're broken, you're useless. If you think your talent is what God's looking for, you're useless to God. Anyone can sing. Anyone can preach. Anyone can have a great personality. But God's not looking for the great personality and the great singer and the great preacher he's looking for someone to die and say I'm not my will but time be done can I tell you that Jonah was useless to God until God buried him in a whale i I want to say it again Jonah before the whale was a runner he was someone who would bail on God he would not do his duty he would he would jump out of his obligation he would not go preach the word but when God buried him in a whale Jonah came out a different person and said i want to preach like I know like no one's ever preached And he went into a city a day's journey and lit the city on fire until the entire city had to fast, including animals. Everybody had to go on a fast fast because of what Jonah's anointing produced. Some things only die by fasting. In fact, I almost preached this death by fasting. Some things only happen when you're willing to pay the price and suffer the consequences. I'm going to pay by fasting and prayer. I'm going to sacrifice my dreams on an altar and give up food for God. And I'm going to give God everything that I have. Jonah could have done nothing until the whale got a hold of him. Hmm. I said, some things only happen when you die. Better bury Lazarus Martha better bury Lazarus Mary because Jesus isn't coming until you do I want to say it he's not coming as long as he's alive but the second you bury him is the second he makes his way towards you can I talk to you right now he wants to give you something powerful but he's not going to do it until you bury that thing in you that only God wants to die that's the thing in you that you want to live it's your will it's your plan but it's got to be on the altar and it's got to go to the ground because the Lord wants you to know that if you will put it in the ground he can quicken it to become something greater than it's ever been God wants to put you in a place where you can shine like you've never shined but to do that He's got to take the fleshly light out of you and put his light inside of you there's going to be a death process that you submit to that causes God to release his will into your life even Jesus had to go to a cross that he didn't want to go to he said father not my will but thine be done and he, it was it was painful to see everything when you read in the word what he went through but look, can I just show you something before his death pre-death he was their healer but post-death he was their savior what a greater what a greater person to be before he died they only let him heal of them he, they only let him resurrect them but after he died he was their salvation ticket into heaven a far greater reward only comes through the process of your death and of your pain. But can I tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus that if you're willing to die for it, he's willing to resurrect you in it. If you're willing to die for what God's will is, he's willing to resurrect your life and make you something you can never be on your own. If you're willing to let go of your life and let go of your dreams and let go of your plans, he's willing to give you his life, his dreams and his plans for you. I said something greater's coming. Mm. I said, greater victories than you can fathom are going to follow the death that you're willing to submit to. I bet you that donkey had no idea when it died in the desert heat of a valley and it laid there and died and rotted on the ground that years later Samson would be walking through the valley with his hands tied getting ready to face a thousand Philistines and just happened to walk up on that dead donkey's jawbone. Oh, shut God ordered the spot that the donkey died because there was a there was a victory coming years later. They would take the death of the donkey to give Samson the weapon of warfare, which would later become the well of provision. The protection of God became the provision of God only through the death of the donkey. It died, but Samson lived. The donkey's flesh died, but Samson was protected and Samson was provided for afterwards. What kind of revival do you want at East Wind? I don't want a revival that just says t- two or three here and two or three there. But I want a revival that brings down the enemy. I want a revival of protection and provision. I want the revival that says no matter what the need is, God's going to meet it. I want the revival that says there's no one impossible to save in our city. There's no one impossible to deliver. There's no one impossible for when it comes to healing. We need the Samson revival. But if there's going to be a Samson revival where a thousand Philistines go down, there's going to be a Dead donkey somewhere that dies in the pathway of power and says, I'm gonna die so he might live. Mm, somebody ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to praise him right now. I said, if God were the spot of the donkey's death, he knows where you're dying right now. He knows the area of your life that's dying. He knows the finances that are dying. He knows the dreams that are dying. He knows the marriage that's dying. He knows the ministry that's dying. He He knows the faith that's dying. He sees the joy dying. He sees your peace dying. But he's going to give you something greater than what you're losing right now. So let it die. I said, let it die. Stop trying to figure out how to make it die. Stop trying to control how it dies, where it dies, when it dies. Just let it die. So God can do what He wants to do in your life. Um, those slaves that died in the desert heat. They had no idea that years later when their rotting carcasses would just be scattered bones everywhere that God would send a prophet to that boneyard and he would look at Ezekiel and say, do you think these bones can live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, thou knowest. And God said, prophesy. So he prophesied to the east and the west and the north and the south and the four winds began to stir. In other words, God said, I want you to prophesy in every direction. You're not going to know how it's going to happen. Just start speaking. less start speaking right start speaking forward and start speaking back and when ezekiel got done speaking the wind came and raised up that army he prophesied again skin came on the bones and they stood up and breath came into their bodies and the points you see this the bible said that they rose up an exceeding great army they were slaves when they died but they stood up as soldiers that only that only happened with the process of the death And the prophetic, they died slaves, but the prophetic raised them into soldiers because that's something only God, I would have prophesied to somebody right now watching this. I want to speak to somebody in the name of Jesus that feels powerless, feels controlled, feels like you can't ever get up again. I want to speak life to you and I command you to get up in the name of Jesus and be who God called you to be. Stop trying to be the old you and release the new you. There's life inside of you. There's power inside of you. There's authority inside of you. The Bible says, humble yourself into the mighty hand of God and God will exalt you in due time. And know that God may exalt you. He's going to exalt you with what he wants you to have but you've got to die first to get it. I'm thinking about Joseph when he sat, had that dream and 11 stars and the sun and the moon were bowing down and every preacher that always preaches, most of them I've heard always say the same thing that it was Joseph's 11 brothers and his mom and dad, that that's what was the, the dream was describing the sun, the moon, the 11 stars. Only problem was his mom was going to die before that took place. So that couldn't be correct. I'll tell you what it meant 13 was the number of things that bowed down and 13 years later when Joseph was 30 that's when he stepped out before Pharaoh and the whole world ended up coming and bowing the knee to him can I preach to you right now in the dream only 13 things bowed down but after the death of the dream when he was willing to stay in the dungeon and promote everybody else God caused the whole world to bow down can I preach to someone that your dream is only a portion? of the reality that God's going to bring to you if you'll let it die. Somebody put your dream on an altar and set it on fire. Somebody put your dream on an altar and let it burn and say, God, if that never happens for me, let it happen to my brother. And if you'll mean it in the Holy Ghost, God's going to bring something to you that's far greater than what the dream ever was. I tell you in the name of Jesus, it's time to wake up east wind, get ready, because revival's coming. I don't think you want a revival that you've had before. I I don't think you want revival that you've seen. I don't think you want the seed revival. I think you want the fruit revival. I don't think you want that flesh revival. I think you want the spirit revival. Somebody ought to go on a fast. I said somebody ought to go pray. Somebody ought to say, God, I'm putting it all down. Somebody ought to give something. Somebody ought to sow something. Somebody ought to say, God, it's all yours. Watch what the Lord does with the seed because the seed's about to come out of the ground. You think God buried you, but God only planted you, somebody ought to start praying God bury me in the process I know it's dark, I know it's cold I know it's lonely, but you're in the will of God, if you're spiritually claustrophobic, you won't like the coffin your dream goes into, but I promise you in the name of Jesus, when you come out of that thing, God's going to raise you up to be something you never could be on your own, and I speak life to you in the name of the Lord, and I speak your true destiny, I speak the will of God for your life, and the plan of God for your life, and I release it into your home right now in the name of jesus submit to the process of the death because except it die nothing happens but if it die god will quicken it god will make it what he wants it to be god will give it a body god will give it a form only god can give it Let's pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray over East wind. I pray over every family member, every man, every woman, every boy and girl, every person fighting the process of your plan. I pray there'd be a spirit of submission that baptizes every leader. I pray a spirit of submission that baptizes every saint, every teacher, no matter what the gifting is, everyone on the platform. I speak healing into your church right now. I speak healing into people's lungs and bodies in the name of the Lord. I speak breath into you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let there be life in Jesus' name. Let there be life in Jesus' name. Let it die and God will make it live.